Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. God, we're ruining good pod material. (laughs) I can't believe that f***ing camcorder has been discontinued. That just, oh. I know, that thing was awesome. Those are great cameras. Seriously. I guess we just have to try the 4K version. But that means I got to buy all new fucking batteries and all new fucking charger, all new fucking wet gear. No, we don't need any cameras right now. Oh, <clears throat> oh my God. He, we're going to kill him. He's going to die. He literally, he literally might die while we oh, do I'm dry, I'm dry heaving. I'm dry heaving. It's not good. News team! Assemble! It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. The entire crew is here as we are racing towards spring football. The finale, the red and white game coming up uh, this weekend. We uh, had a long day of media yesterday. There was a fire alarm involved at one point. Uh, We talked to Dylan Gabriel and man, he is just so chill. Like he is you. if, If I ever met a guy that said he's probably from Hawaii, it's Dylan Gabriel. He just has no cares. Welcome, boys. How are we today? Josh, why don't you start us off? <laughs> I love that it's now just a death match, but who's going to speak last now? It's it, Eddie is Eddie's going for gasps. Bob, you speak now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's weird about Dylan is, you know, I, I think it, people like that he's cool and calm, but I think they want to see some passion come out in him, too. We'll see. Eddie, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm I'm feeling ornery. I uh, oh boy, this morning on the radio, uh oh, I did a rendition of Bad Baby's Gucci flip flops, and it might be my second OAB award. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. We'll have to submit it, but it was pretty good. Signs that I'm old. I have no idea what that song is. Same. Uh, yeah, you do. I'm, you would be you're right. Are you familiar you're with right. Bad pro- Baby? Not offhand. No. Like, I I'm not saying are. I don't know the song. I just don't know that he sings. Isn't, I don't know didn't the Bad Baby? Well, it's what, it's what, a she, first off. Was it Bad Baby's wow, whole a problem. first album? Like, didn't Drake rap on pretty much every song? Or I'm thinking somebody else. I'm thinking a little Dirk, I think. Possibly you're thinking of a little Dirk. Bad Baby uh, came to stardom when she went on to the afternoon show, Dr. Phil, and took her mother on there, and she was the cash me outside. Yeah, this is cash, cash me outside. Oh, Because she okay. just bought a $6.1 million home in Florida with straight cash, homie. 
Yes, she wait, did. Wait, and I, that I mean, girl I don't is know now if famous. The pictures of it. It's a beautiful home. Oh God, I can't. I. I, I can't listen to that. No, that human dumpster. What do you mean? Anything dealing with money is very concerning for disconcerting for Josh today for some reason. No, it's not. I can't believe that that person is famous now, like for something other than just being really stupid. Well, you say that, and then you think about some of the lyrics that are in the song, and you're probably uh, going to be backtracking and retracking <laughs> your statements. Uh are you saying I mean, that it's good in your eyes? Because I, I never know great. with you. Okay. I think it's great. All right. She also see. has an OnlyFans page. I, I think that she's made a lot of money. I think that's of. how she's made all of her money. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That that makes more sense. Like I I just don't want to. I didn't want to hear about like somehow like she's very talented. Like okay. Like I, I got. Well, I get the talented. other. Part. She's very tatted. She does have oh. some body I, art. I'm 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 reading the lyrics. It it yep. Wow. Yep. That sorry. I, I don't wanna I don't I don't think our podcast could get canceled, but we could make a run at it with some of this. Um n- no. No. <laughs> no. Nope. Like it's just it's like my buddy sent me something the other day and he listens to the pod, he'll love this part. And it was like what we grew up in the nineties, it's like Jay Z and Biggie and two like all these great rappers, and then it played the stuff now and you're like, This is garbage. This is awful. And I just like I know there's still some that is really good, but so much of what's popular is just awful, awful. It is funny because like now there are like there's old like classic rock rap. Like you grew up kind of like looking your nose down at people that wouldn't stop listening to the who and Led Zeppelin. And that's all they ever yep. listened to. That's now you I have people now. that you just listen to Biggie and in all the old schools. Like I love the old school hip hop channels on, on uh, Sirius. Like that's yep. one of my go-tos. What's the, Oh, there's one that's really good. It's the one I always listen to. And then like I'm listening to it and the kids are in the car. I'm like, yeah, they don't need to hear Biggie say that. So we're going to we're going to go ahead and move the channel. Is it the pulse? But, uh, is that what it is? That no, what is it? I know if it that doesn't matter. That, that super They super have that whole for everybody. There's like, you know, they have that whole section that you just go through. It's like Yep. Yep. I'm a big Spectrum guy, by the way, if you were wanting to know. I know nobody cares. But. Oh, sure. Yeah. They play, they play a lot of Pete Yorn on the spectrum, so I like listening to that. Uh, anyway, uh, spring. Well, if the girls ever want to go to a bad baby concert, <laughs> I will <laughs> we'll take them. the one. Eddie will fly down I to will, Houston. I will chaperone that event. Oh, God. <laughs> that concert with Eddie chaperoning. I like, I, Laney's going to come up with like a face tattoo. Like something terrible is going to come out of that. I think you got to get the face tattoo before you go. How, oh, sure, sure. Rite of passage. How do we have the biggest week of the offseason coming up and Josh is seemingly more full of anxiety than I've ever heard him be full of right now? <sighs> like, what's going on? Well, let's talk about you, Josh. How are you? We've got Disney World come, come coming up. This, this is what Disney World does to my life. Like, you're talking about that the expenses might be at, at work. Disney World. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm sure she's going to be a <laughs> She's character. in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I can see her just going every day with all that money. She, I think it has arm to be arm Dave Cinderella. You're talking about Disney World. They don't do gender anymore. 
God. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about Pull that. Pull the six I, out, wintertime, dropping the top, Gucci flip-flops, <laughs> make it kick rocks. This is a big clock. Check the wristwatch. I mean, that is a Grammy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's so bad. It's How many plays does she I, have on Spotify? I, I want to know right now. Is it is it B A H B I E? I don't know. The official YouTube video though has like 184 million, and I think a hundred a million of those were me this morning. B H A D B H A B I E. I mean, oh god, I can't. Can't do it. She's an idiot. Okay. I, she's a really I idiot, do not though, condone so that, Matt, baby. What if she's a big listener? What if she's a big football fan? Big OU football fan. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> that would be. She She comes on. Yeah. If she were, yeah, Lincoln you, Riley already would have had her on campus. So true. So More so than, you know, the alums. <laughs> Uh, I'm really trying to talk football, but you guys aren't letting me. So I just wanted, yeah, for the record, I, I just wanted to see how for the record, it's not me this time. Uh, <laughs> we'll have some other stuff. We'll get back into Josh's anxiety in a little bit. We can but, get into football. Um, here's a segue into football that will be loosely connected to OU football. Mm-hmm. With Colin Cowherd on his knees so much lately, (laughs) what do you think Clark Stroud's up to these days? (laughs) (laughs) I think that should hit with the Oklahoma fans. Back to you. Man. I mean, you said it. You said it, Eddie. I mean, it's not even like good trolling. It's like it's pathetic it's not trolling. Good trolling. It could be so much. He has a platform of 1.5 million, and this is what we're getting. It's kind of like OU fans looking at Alex Grinch's defense the last couple of years. We're paying you all this money, and this is what we get. I went to his Twitter page just because I didn't see what he said, and I wanted to see it. And it's his Twitter is just a never-ending string of shitty retweets of his shitty podcast network. Yep. Like I, I that like, the 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 hits at Oklahoma don't offend me as much as just I want something good. Like be good about it. Yeah, there's I mean, so many other avenues that could be taken. Yeah, it's it's low hanging. It's not even low hanging fruit. There's that fruit's on the ground. It's been stepped on. It's cheap laughs. Yeah. And I'm the king of cheap laughs. I just want more. I don't know. All right. We can get into football, though. I, I mean, guys, but the reality is a lot of OU fans only have themselves to blame. When I know. you get suckered into this shit over and over again and keep giving him what he's looking for, he's going to keep doing it. So stop. No, I, I get it. I get it. It just, I feel like it could be more. It could be much better. It should be. A guy is, I mean, with his resources, everything he has available, and just a random way over the top stupid tweet is the best we can get. I, I don't disagree with your take. 
I, you just I have to completely. you have to and this is I think you know, it's obvious there's so many new OU fans on Twitter these days um and partially we've talked about that a lot it's because Lincoln made recruiting such a Twitter centric thing and now he's abandoned Twitter he's afraid of it because of it um but you've got to learn to not give a shit I mean that's the that's the that's the key it's like Josh and I like we've learned over time like when you're plugged into it 24 hours a day and Josh is plugged into it for recruiting uh I'm plugged into it for other things uh you've just got to learn not to care about the trolling like it's just not it shouldn't affect your life so like just learn not to care about Colin Coward that's my my advice for the day I don't, I don't think the people I, I, do it just like it gets under their skin that who gives a shit people don't see through it, it. just move on people don't see through it you do i yeah I, I agree wraps me in because i end up commenting on it and he wins i mean we've been down this road before it just it's like i want more your like your response that. was the first time i knew it existed i didn't yesterday. same same i didn't even know dusty yeah. had responded to him until like I saw people tweeting out memes about Dusty and Colin Coward. Do you do you think it's like OU fans are mad that there are whether it's other college football fans or other OU fans that believe it or like that and they're like, well, we've got to set this straight. We've got to set the record right. Like some people you just can't save. You're just gonna have to let them go. Like if they. <laughs> Can't see it for what it no, is. No, you're right. You're you're 100 right. And I think we're like that a lot. Like we're not going to sell everybody a subscription to Sooner Scoop. Like we've learned that mm -hmm. lesson. Like yep. when someone it, it used to really bother us when someone would say, "Well, I don't want to pay ten bucks a month to read what I get for free on Twitter." Like that doesn't even bother me anymore. It's like, dude, I'm not going to win you over. I'm not going to fight you about it. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Like. I just don't, I, I have to let this go. And I have to let you go. And, you know, we did the pores thing, and that was fun and funny. I don't even do that anymore. It's just like, it's not that I don't care. It's just that I've learned to let that shit go. And you have if to you learn come, to let Skip come. Bayless yep. and Colin Coward uh, and whatever troll there is out there go. See, like, I, the thing Lincoln is, like, Riley. like, He's not really a troll. He's just a liar. Oh, oh um, he's troll. He's <laughs> troll. We didn't go to OU and took these guys. We went to the portal. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, got Lincoln. No, but, and it's like, I'm glad that Stephen A. Smith is like the king because he's actually entertaining. Like, he actually, he's actually still working for a living. Like, the rant he went on about the Utah Jazz was hilarious. Like that's and the stuff he does with the Cowboys, even though I'm a Cowboys fan, it's funny. If you are early morning on ESPN, there's almost zero chance I have any idea of what you're saying. Yeah, that's like, true. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't know know what it. you're talking about. At I do all. not watch the embrace debate stuff. Like I'll yeah. turn it over to Good Morning Football if I'm up early. Yeah, I, I like those guys. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch some of that. I'm good with any of that. But or you know, I'll, I'll watch like. Right now, I'm, I'm in baseball mode, so I'm watching, like, condensed games on MLB TV, like, crap like that. Like, I'll watch that stuff, but I don't care what guys who literally are a thousand, you know, a thousand feet apart from any of the topics they're talking about and playing at they're the experts. Like, I, I can't do that. I think the, the main the thing is we're, we just don't 
we have enough, and you can say I'm grandstanding or whatever. Like, we legitimately have enough respect for our audience to not do that to you. Like, we, there have been people that work here that went on to become a cartoon character on YouTube. Like, and he knows he's doing it, and he knows he's f***ing with you. He's doing it on purpose. And to a lot of people's credit, they know it too. Yes. A lot of people, a lot of, a lot of on people on Sooner Scoop know that. I mean, yep. they figured it out yep. pretty fast. Yeah, because they remember what was there before. Like, that that's not that's not who that person is. And I think that's why we, you know, have the subscriber base that we do. Uh, and we're surrounded by most of those people. We get people every once in a while that don't get it and are those people that are yelling at Colin Coward. And they come onto the site and they become a part of the community and they quickly realize like, oh, these guys are not into all that shenanigan stuff. Like they're, a, they, they not above it, but they, they get that it's a, a an act. Uh, That's what we, I said I yesterday. Mean, it's like some of the stuff out there, like wouldn't even, if that was posted on the message boards, it's C level, maybe even D level of, you'd be made fun of. It's not even, it doesn't register with the trolling community. Well, and, and see, but there's for a lot there's, of people, I guess it does. There's two things that happen on the internet too. There's what Colin Coward does. And then there's what we're watching happen in Cleveland, which is a fan base that is ripping itself apart from the inside, battling over Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson. Like, and I feel terrible that this is the week that, we celebrate yeah. Baker Mayfield with everything going on with him professionally and personally. I mean, like yeah. I, I, I said this the other day. I love what OU has been has been doing on their social media, just reminding everybody the greatness of Baker Mayfield. Because, like, when you go back and you watch those highlights and you see the things that he did at Oklahoma, it is jarring. Like. We talk about like watching Spencer Rattler come through, watching Caleb Williams. Those guys didn't do a tenth of the shit that Baker did when he was here. The shit you know, that he did was amazing. Just amazing. It, it's funny that you say that, Kerry, because I was going back through just some of the highlights and stuff that we had. And I mean, my yeah, God, you put together a nice little thing, too. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I guess it's kind of stupid to say it out loud, but it was, I kind of had forgotten. Like how prolific those offenses were, how bad things were. By the in way, Knoxville. Sp spend the rest halftime. of your, spend the rest of your day putting something together. We'll put it up on YouTube because that we deserve to do that for Baker. I mean, yeah, I have. Well, I have the uh, I have like the Heisman trophy, the Heisman stuff. Put, yeah, put together. Uh, it was like an eight minute video that we put together. God damn! And Sorry I was just <laughs> going back through some of the video of it uh, last night. And some of the stuff that we put out on Twitter over the night. And it just like, it is, it, it's going to be fun to have, you know, I guess a celebration of Baker on Saturday just for the fact that yeah. maybe he needs it more than anybody else yes. right now. Yeah. Because shit's mm -hmm. gone so poorly. And I think that that aspect of it is kind of fun that maybe the timing is right, even though it is kind of awkward. Uh, you know, I wish that obviously Cleveland would have released him or traded him already and wouldn't have to worry about something like that. But, yeah. uh, you know, maybe he needs it more than anybody to just come back and feel loved again. Uh, not saying that, you know, he has millions in the bank and things are bad for him personally. It just. But it, it's Baker. It kind of you know it, that all this is kind of coming together like this. But the on the field stuff. 
like the highlights of I think oh you put out of him and like uh Didi and 17 yeah unbelievable stuff man Th- those were I think the further we get removed from it the more I remember like how awesome and like almost in a way like how much he saved the thing and how bad that thing was at the end of 14 I mean you were at the Russell Athletic Bowl when it kind of hit rock bottom. Oh, yeah. It was awful. I mean, Worst half time, game ever half time in Knoxville, it was like, I don't know. I mean, this Mayfield guy that can't move the ball. And then it was like that second half and everything started clicking and the rest is history. Yeah, and to, to be there at Tennessee, uh, to be there at Baylor when you got the video that went viral uh, of him saying uh, they forgot who their daddy was and he's going rem- yeah. to spank him. Uh, that was kind of the birth. Really, that year was kind of like. Well, that that's 2017, though. Yeah, well, was, I, I guess I'm I'm talking about like Tennessee, and then that was kind of like the the peak Baker had of what he had turned into. If you kind of see what I'm saying, yeah, it, yep. it was mm-hmm. a slow, steady build from that yeah, Tennessee half. That, that 2015 uh, Baylor game, like that. Is, in Waco, one of the best football games I've ever seen in person. Yep. And I think the play I that Sterling throw... Shepard made, the play that was it Dimitri yeah. Flowers then, um, yeah. like that was the pre uh, Ohio State Dimitri Flowers stuff. Like just, just from like an on the field, like holy shit, that was awesome. Yeah. The throw to Sterling in the corner of the end zone in Waco. Where the refs is, didn't even think it was possible that he caught that and stayed in bounds, and they had they didn't that have to get overturned on replay, or did they call it a touchdown? They I want to say they called it a touchdown, and then it went to review and they confirmed yeah. it. Yeah, yep. Okay. That's that's only that's probably number one. Number two would be the Trevor Knight throw to the Lacolton Bester at the Sugar Bowl. In the Those end are like zone. two yeah. of the greatest scoop HD shots of all time. <laughs> I would say the Sterling touchdown at Notre Dame is way up there. That was pretty cool. And that the was more Sterling though. The Damian the number one all time though is Damian Williams Red River rivalry. Yeah, yeah. Because that's as good as it that's gets. when Kenny Kenny Steels came in and just knocked the shit out of. Uh, oh, who was it? Was it uh, uh, oh, Quandre it, was Diggs? It, it was no, it was Vaccaro. It was Kenny Vaccaro. Oh, okay. Kenny Vaccaro. Yeah. James yep, Patton run down the sideline. Oh, it's Jay Norvell yeah. that was like sprinting like big time. That was just an awesome, awesome shoot. No, that was a great videographer. I mean, <laughs> but now, anyway, I, one of the the mixing one in Lubbock, the catch. Oh yeah, that was an incredible. The one handed grab. Uh huh. That that that's one of my all time favorite plays. Well, that I mean that might be one of the best like just football plays that we've gotten on video. But I mean, I mean that game, just, Mahomes and Baker, I mean, that game, I mean, it was disturbing from a defensive perspective, but it was yes. equally as impressive from an offensive perspective. I hated that game so much. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. Oh, yep. God, I hated but, it. But, you know, the, the, the fuck you Baker chance, I mean, never heard anything like that on a football field. Uh, and then th- people throwing water bottles at him as he was leaving the field. Remember the trader shirts? I mean, mm-hmm. this, uh, people always are like, yeah, they're trying to pull that racist card with the Kyler versus Baker. There was so much shit that happened in those three years with 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 Baker Mayfield. It's unbelievable. Like, uh, you, I mean, it- you could almost do a last dance uh, 
documentary about Baker's OU career. I just think from story, and you know, this is always the discussion that gets brought up when you talk about Baker and Kyler. It's like, you know, why don't people like Kyler as much as Baker? It's because Baker grew up the Oklahoma fan. He lived every Oklahoma fan's dream all the way to going to tech and then showing up as a walk-on. I mean, it's 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 one of the kind of epitomes of college football stories, is it not? Baker and I think that's what's so cool about it. Yeah, Baker he he's relatable on a level that Kyler's not. Sure. You could sure. feel Kyler Baker was that guy. Every yep. OU fan that grew up could feel Baker living the dream that they wanted to live of yeah. being an OU football exactly. player. Exactly. 100%. And 100%. I, I don't want it to sound at all like Kyler. I, I mean, Kyler, from everything I've ever heard, has always been oh, people very, loved you know, Kyler. Receptive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't that at all. It was just Baker. Like has he so completely embraced everything about the program? Like it was. Sure. He was all in on all of it. You know, and and get you know, like he gave OU fans some swagger back where they really had lost it over those four or five years, kind of from 2010 to 2014, where. It's kind of like the early 80s under Switzer where it was good, but it wasn't where they had become accustomed. It felt like Baker kind of gave that back to them. Like where they, I mean, and I think the program's a different place right now because of him. I think he is a, one of those guys you look back on, you know, 30 years from now and you'll still see how important he was to where that program is. And I think it's important to remember like the appreciation for Kyler's just different, but there was a lot of appreciation. I mean, I think universally people appreciated and and loved the fact that he sat behind Baker, didn't get frustrated, especially after all the controversy that followed him at A&M. And he actually was a seemingly waiver. Right. And and the Baker waiver, you're right. Uh, And, you know, now he's Kyler's being painted as kind of a jerk because he wants to sit out camp and wants to get paid and stuff like that. So it's like, that time he spent in Norman, it always seemed like he was a model citizen. And I think everyone appreciated that. And then he waited his turn. Uh, and then he won a Heisman. And then he went number one. And it was like, okay, this paid off for you. We love that. We love you. Uh, we're happy to see that happen for you. It just, you had one year. And, you know, the baseball thing, I think people took a lot of pride in that when he was drafted. Um, but if he had played a couple of years at Oklahoma... You know, it would be more, I think, equal. But the story, you're right, the story of Baker, it's just, it's easy for an OU fan that didn't have the talent to play for OU to identify with. Whereas Kyler so was funny. a superstar from the moment he was born, basically. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, like, this weekend, obviously, they're doing the the trophy, I mean, uh, the statue and all that for winning the Heisman Trophy. But it's almost like a... Like a celebration of career rather than just the one year of 2017. Baker's also kind of like that. Uh, you know, if you have a family and you have like a bunch, of, you have like three boys, and the one that's always getting in trouble is your favorite, and, and you just can't help but love him. It's just like standing there on the field uh, in Columbus when he was running around with the flag. Uh, I remember the exact thoughts that were running through my head as he, he started running towards the middle of the field. I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Baker, don't do it. And then he does it, and you're like, he did it. damn it, that's just Baker. You got to love him. Like He's that guy that you, even, 
OU fans, I think, can largely concede. If he wasn't your guy, you'd hate him. You'd hate him yeah. so oh, yeah. much. But because he's, I think guys like that, because they are your guy, you love them all the more because they don't give a shit if every other fan base hates them. They'll wear that and they just don't care. That's kind of what makes like, in a way, like college sports so great is because you do develop that hatred. And I think that people do obviously do at the professional level as well, but it's, I don't know, for some reason, I feel like it's so different and maybe it's because they're college students. You just, there are people that you grew up hating uh, that you, you know, either saw your team play or teams that you had that were on your team. It just, I don't know. I feel like there is a big difference between like hating, you know, I guess a KD in this instance versus, you know, somebody that you like grew up just cheering against at Texas. You know, Baker is, Baker is Tristan. What's the stupid movie? Legends of the Fall. <laughs> he's Tristan. He's he's out he's out fighting bears. He shouldn't be, you know, gets caught on an opium that. ship out in the well, middle of the ocean. I I kind of get what you mean in the way that like he shouldn't be able to keep getting out of these problems he <laughs> creates for himself, but somehow he just magically keeps popping up okay. Like it, but you got to like, admit, okay, Tristan was going to do him. Tristan was the favorite son. Yes. Yeah. No. I. I, I just want to yep. know when did Baker's other brother die in war that we don't know about? <laughs> I think Matthew was, was okay. Was that Austin Kendall? He got that caught up be. in the barbed wire and shot by the enemy, yes. <laughs> Except that instead of getting shot, he just got portaled. Uh, Twice. It's never gonna it's never gonna happen because it would be an awful, awful PR look. But if the guy wants to go down and owe you lore, he has like a uh, David Ortiz moment, you know, where Ortiz took the mic at Fenway and said oh, yeah. this is our fucking city. Yeah. And he just would say, like, you know, something very derogatory about the Riley family. It's never going to happen. <laughs> but one could dream of it happening. It would be quite awesome. How do you guys feel like he addresses that? Right? I don't know. Well, he, he didn't address it, it on the podcast. Yeah. Which means he didn't want to address it. Sure. I mean, what? We're, we're, we're going to have, I think, like 10 minutes with him. We're... What my understanding is when the game's over, as Brent is addressing the team, that's our time with Baker. Ooh. So it's that very narrow cooling down window. So I don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah, Saturday after the game. I think if there's ever a time when he's going to talk shit on Lincoln, it will be that moment because he'll be back in Norman. He'll be around media that covers OU. He'll, prob- he'll probably it'll probably be a very emotional day for him. Mm-hmm. I think it'll go something along the lines of I'm always going to appreciate him, uh, but maybe run out the line that Bob threw, uh, you know, out there in December after everything happened, just as far as this place is bigger, than, not bigger one than one person, yeah. that kind of thing. Because, I mean, obviously he has a lot. He owes a lot to Lincoln. And I think yeah. that anybody, you know, as, as hard as who it is owes it, who owes the other more, though, does does. Lincoln owe more to Baker, or does Baker owe more to Lincoln? Well, I mean, did did I, Baker make Lincoln more than, than Lincoln had. made Baker? It's a worthy discussion. I mean, uh, definitely Baker and Kyler made Lincoln. 
Yes. The, right. The, collectively, he owes he owes them more than they owe him. Yes. Since those two, it has not been yeah. nearly so pretty. No. Which they, I mean, it, you know, Heisman winners like th- those guys are harder to replace. I get it. That's not a exactly a bag on. In fact, you could Kyler, argue that but. Kyler was better in the college football playoff than Baker was. Because so he to... literally torched Alabama yeah, in parts of that nothing. game. Yeah. I don't just buy that. So it was 28 nothing. But he got it to within eight, right? No, it never got or was to... was it 11? It got to 15, 11. and then they went it back 11. It got to 11. Yeah. It was always 11. Yeah. 31-20, okay. 38-27, 45-34. It was always 11. But like that throw to Charleston then, Rambo. And, yeah, I mean, that like, was off. Awesome. I mean, Baker played great in that first half against Clemson, but did nothing in the second. And then he got a concussion. And then he got the concussion, yeah. right. I don't I mean, know. They, it's, they were awesome in the first half in, against Georgia. That's true. Oh, just, that's true. No, no. Yeah, Baker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's not fair. I, I totally forgot about Georgia. He, I mean, but how much of that was built on that ground game? Down Rodney Anderson. Just yeah, just running over Georgia in that first half. I mean, that's yeah. the biggest. That game is the biggest indictment on Lincoln. Yep. Yeah. It's the, it's, it's other the biggest than the other than, game in other than history. Stillwater this year. And guys, that that goes into the whole conversation that we're having about what Baker meant to the program, to the team, what all he did. Guys, if that game goes a little differently in the second half, and I think there's some different play calling we could really talk about. There's not a field guys, goal at ha- before halftime. He damn well takes that defense to a national championship. That defense. That defense that had Chance Sylvie on one side of the field and everyone else on the other and they gave the ball to Sony Michelle and it was a walk into the end zone from 60 yards out or however far it was I, I mean well, they had every I mean, opportunity guys, I mean you have the ball in regulation or the second first overtime to go win the game and you can't do it we could argue forever about you know whatever the cause was but I mean the, the that, that's got to be if that would have happened, the worst defense to ever win a national championship. Yeah. I mean, on a very short list, at least. And Because even and that see, Auburn team the... with Cam Newton, they had Nick Fairley. I mean, like, who really took over that Oregon game at huge portions. And see, that's where Baker's greatness gets obscured historically. Because all the focus was on, why is Mike Stoop still here? And not, can you believe... That Baker almost led that team to a national championship? Uh, he probably went to the national championship with Alex Grinch's first defense. Yeah. If that's his defense in 2017, they probably win the title that year. And that wasn't any any special defense by any stretch of the imagination. The 17 offense is the best OU's ever put on the field, probably. Or at least in quote-unquote modern history, right? In terms of guys overall talent, yeah. yeah. Are you talking about like post OU? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it has every to be, level. Right? Ten of the eleven guys started in the NFL or were playing in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. The the one that didn't might be the most talented of them all, just as far as pound for pound football player and Dimitri. I would I would say this. Uh, yes, oh. talent wise, but 
Bradford in 08 didn't have nearly the weapons that Baker had in 17. Sure. Like he had Manny Johnson, sure. Joaquin Iglesias, and a a redshirt freshman Ryan Broyles. Yeah, that's a that's a what if game. But and, I've said this and many we had times Gresham. before. That was so it. he wins that game. I probably die in South Beach that night. <laughs> <laughs> I now the died offensive in South line Beach and they lost. The offensive line would be an interesting debate between those two teams. Yeah. Because obviously Owen Robinson was the best of the bunch. Yeah, Duke. You had Cooper. Brandon uh, Simmons, is that the guy that had the club born yeah, with the club that, foot? Uh -huh, blew had, the block. And he was the one that yeah, had the block at the goal line that everybody still talks about. Who was the other tackle on that team? It was, that, no, that wasn't that was before Lane. Um Would that have been a young Daryl Williams? No. No, it, I feel like it's more familiar than that. Uh, it wouldn't be Lodeholt, would it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it was what it was. Phil. Yeah. It was Big yeah, Phil. I, that's exactly For right. some yeah. reason, I was so focused on thinking of uh, Trent, I was like, who? Yeah, it was Lodeholt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. I, I mean, that's... Yeah, Trent. That's I mean, Lodeholt and, and Duke Robinson next to each other. I mean, my God. That's mountains. They were mountain of men. Yeah. No, but I just, Sorry, just Eddie, I just shared so something. Good, though. So just, what? I just shared something. Lincoln Riley just did his own players trib uh tribune thing. Well, I can't see it because I I'm know. Lost. I just shared it with you guys. I was like, Eddie can't see it, doesn't matter. Oh shit. Wait, okay. Sometimes Walker, life throws you a curve. I don't want to read this shit Link. right now, all right? I mean, He's he's not taking our moment away. <laughs> Seriously, why is he putting this shit out there? And players trying tribute. to undercut Baker. He's he trying really to undercut is. Baker. Baker, he's trying to screw you. Yeah, out of your moment. I really hope everyone, if you know Baker, tell him to listen to this pod. Just so he knows. Anyway. Just not the first five minutes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> about bad, bad baby or whatever her name. Uh, no, you can listen to that part. Uh, so just to kind of wrap it up, the the statue is going to be the furthest north statue in Heisman Park. Uh, okay, we all drove past it um, after interviews yesterday, and they have like a little platform on each side. Uh, Eddie was there at a different time than me, apparently, because the National Guard was guarding it when he was there. I thought about camping out overnight, but I don't think I'm going to. I should drive over there and see if there's a statue there yet. I mean, wouldn't you think that they'd have to put someone there to look after it? Which I'm sure it means that they won't put it out there until late Friday night. Do we have to camp out for that? I don't know. I wonder what the... Uh I mean, I guess there's going to be a lot of discussion about what it is. I hope it's the flag plant. I don't think flag it's going plant. to be. No, it won't be. It'd be awesome if it was. It'd be incredible if it was. I'm a little saddened that it won't be, though. About the arms waving after they score a touchdown or something. I could see that. Like the T like the, the TCU Big 12 championship game where he and uh, um, was it Hollywood was running behind him doing the same thing? 
Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you encapsulate that in a still statue, not in like a, a, a gift form, but... Uh, it would be the first celebration-style statue in the collection, which I think would be warranted. Because Sam and uh, Jason are both throwing the quarterback football. poses can yeah. you use? Yeah. I mean, I guess he did have like the Heisman kind of Against pose. Was that Bedlam? I just want to know what kind of 17? artistic license the sculptor is going to take with his. Yes. Because, like, Robert Griffin's Heisman statue looks like the Hello video from Lionel Richie. Credit to you. The thing's been under wraps because I know it's been done for a while now, right? Because they were going to do it. Yeah, after a year they screwed ago. up Bob's, they were, I mean, they put the lockdown on that stuff. They're not going to let that happen sure. again. Sure. Was it Nate Fakin that, that got that picture, Bob? Yeah, we're leaving a Monday press conference, and mm-hmm. there it goes on the back of that flatbed <laughs> truck right down Lindsay Street. <laughs> It's one of the great Nate Fakin stories of all and time. As Joe had no idea why it was in town. They hadn't. No one had asked for them to bring it, and it was like in. They kept it in Fort Worth, so someone drove it all the way from Fort Worth to Norman and then took it back. Right. Yeah, that shit wasn't going to happen Funny. again. So, I don't know. I I wish I could have taken like. If I if I would have had more forethought, I would have had like somehow when the security cams got installed, find a way to get like a wireless one that I could hide in the ground or something so we'd know when the statue arrives. Uh, all right, so yeah, looking forward to that, and I want to get to talking a little bit about talking to Brett Venables and Todd Bates yesterday. Uh, Brett Venables uh, threw out some names that were impressing him. Uh, but first, before we do that, uh, take a little time out to remind you, uh, deadsoxy.com, uh, great sponsors of the podcast. Hopefully, you took advantage of the scoop promotion with that 40% off. And uh, it's it's spring games coming up, but you know you want to get dressed up for next season. Uh, so go over to the website, deadsoxy.com, uh, enter that promo code BOOMER for 25% off your order. Uh, it's also getting to be no-show time. I know it's been a little cooler the last couple of days, but uh, Eddie, the no-shows, uh, they are a must. Love them. I'm going to be uh, doubling up on my no-shows before I head to uh, Southern Hills for the PGA Championship here in about a month. And I, I truly think that they're the greatest golf sock that I can wear. And so I would suggest you do the same as we head into uh, golf season. So you've actually worn them golfing. 100%. Every time you go, you wear those now. 100%. And I, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is just not finding a sock that will uh, allow blisters. And I've never had that problem. Maybe I have perfect feet. You can subscribe to my OnlyFans. <laughs> but uh, no, they've been really, really good for me. So. Well, they got the retros on there as well now. Those are really cool. Uh, but just just a whole selection. They've Because you guys have supported them so well, uh, they've made an entire, I think it's an eight-sock collection. You can actually buy them all together uh, for a, a reduced price. So go to deadsoxy.com, our great friends of the pod. Uh, check it out. Use that promo code, uh, Boomer, for, for 25% off your next order. We appreciate you guys supporting them. So... Brett Venables uh, was asked kind of standouts yesterday. Bob, I'll let you go over this because um, you're a details man, and I was just kind of there hanging out. 
I, I thought it was the most hilarious part of the, the press conference, though, because he said before he started announcing standout names that he was going to make someone's mother mad. Uh, I'm going to make some mamas mad. I thought was clearly a reference to DJ Graham's mother, which meant he did not mention DJ Graham. So, I mean, he went through some of the names we, we had heard before. I'm more, I look for how his tone changes, like, and says, oh, this guy's a dude, this guy's doing well. And it was Marcus Stripling where you yeah. could tell yeah. something has changed. And where he's seeing the transformation of Stripling right before his eyes. And that's like the, the biggest reward in coaching is seeing the light bulb come on and Stripling really putting it all together. And he put out some pictures, I think this morning or last night. Uh, I mean, he looks really... We talked to him before, Bob, in the past just about, you know, his body type. And, you know, he, he kind of had to fight. Like, you always wondered, is he going to get bigger and be more of a rush-in type? Like, uh, and he settled in that kind of role that Nick Benito played last year for Grinch. Uh, but he definitely slimmed up, looks like a guy that you know, can can drop back a little bit as well. Yeah, I mean, now you add him with Reggie Grimes, Ethan Downs, Jonah Laulu, you feel very confident about the depth defensive end, and you feel good that he didn't get lost in the shuffle because it's clear what he's going to be playing now is nothing compared to what he was doing the last couple of years. And, and you know, instead of n- not knowing exactly where he fits in, He's adjusted, and you can tell the coaching staff appreciates his attitude, his work ethic, his mindset, everything that's come together for him throughout the course of spring. Are we reading too much into the fact that they granted us interview an interview with Kenai Walker yesterday? Is no. Is there something to I, read into that? Or? I thought you you had to throw it out there because it was if they played a college game. The dude played three games last season, Louisville. So he's a redshirt freshman. But Everyone you talk to says Woody and Kanai have been two best corners throughout the entire spring practice. So say you want to talk to him. If Brent has the trust in him, then he's going to put him out there. And Kanai was terrific. That's a great 12, 14 minutes that we were able to uh, get get a feel of what his story was. And when uh, he's 6'2", 200, he's a heck of a lot different than any corner that we've seen in a long, long time. And Eddie and I spent South, an entire practice. Him and Jay just, are hitting it off well. Yeah, Eddie and I spent an, almost, what well, would you say, like 15 minutes just sitting there watching Kenai Walker going like, man, this looks like a dude. Like, who is this guy? Like, he, and I, I kind of thought, like, hey, he's a transfer from Louisville, like, what what could he really be? But like after right. watching him for just a few reps, Eddie, I th- I was kind of had man crush on him. There's a lot of those guys that it just like look a little bit differently physically. Uh, I don't think that I was necessarily expecting that, uh, but there's a lot to like. I mean, you throw him opposite a DJ or Woody Washington or whoever you want to throw out there. Uh, there is certainly a ton to like just in terms of uh, physical gifts. Obviously. He's going to have to go out there and make a lot of plays. But, you know, I just from hearing what he had to say yesterday, I think that seems like he has a pretty good head on his shoulders. They He, he like every other cornerback that is coming into the room, uh, I think likes being coached by Coach Belay. Obviously, he likes being coached by uh, Brent Venables. I thought it was kind of interesting that he pointed out that uh, Ted Roof and his high school coach, kid being from Georgia, has right. some ties, and that's how he ended up in Norman. 
you know, I there's there's a lot of those guys, and especially specifically the those transfers and the incoming guys. It's going to be kind of fun. I don't know how much we're going to be able to tell on Saturday, but uh, you know, whether it be Jeffrey Johnson or whoever on the on the defensive side of the football, they're going to be kind of fun to see how they work into this rotation and kind of added bonuses to a group that's bringing already a quite a few guys back next season or this season. It almost feels like Brent could go down the entire roster and give you like a paragraph answer. Cause like when uh, Mike Houck asked Brent to clarify to zero, was it Woody or Eric Gray? And then you just hear him just go on and on about Eric Gray, about you know how it's been such a pro, how it's been leading the room. And you know, we know Marcus major has been banged up. You know, Jaden Knowles is out. So there aren't a lot of running backs in there, but it sounds like Eric Gray, who who we talked to and felt like he was a different guy in his second year mm-hmm. at OU. Everything that we feel like we've heard sounds like that's exactly what's been happening too. Well, you it, know, I, I want ahead, to round back real, real quick. I want to round back to Marcus Stripling. Like, how good can he be? I think we saw some shades of it in the Alamo Bowl, but like, best, what is uh, his... Best game he played. Ceiling, I guess, as far as being a player. Well, and I think it's... it's is he like all, an all-Big 12 guy? It's, is he an All-American? But it's all about what Brent was talking about. It's just like, go back to the Nebraska game last year, Eddie. Um, you know, he was a guy that wasn't mature. I think, you know, when you take your pads off in the middle of a game uh, and you're playing, like, that's not maturity. It doesn't seem to be anyway. So, oh, the Tulane game. There was the, the Tulane half? game. Yeah. yeah, the Tulane game. Yeah, because there's a blowout. So yeah. I don't know if those guys ever expected to go back in. But that being said, like, there are some steps that needed to be taken. And mm-hmm. we have to see now this more mature guy go out there and play multiple reps and see if he can do more than just flash. Like, because what we've seen in Flash, I mean, he's all-conference level. But he just, you you have to be able to replicate that yeah. on a consistent basis. And he's never done that before at the college level. I didn't and, even think he had flashed until the, the bowl game. That was the first, like, yeah, that's probably, Marcus Stripling. Okay. Guys, and this is, I mean, this isn't like, uh, oh, the previous staff couldn't connect with him. Like, this has been a problem. This is why... Frankly, Marcus Rippling kind of fell in Oklahoma's lap because everybody had him going to A&M, and his senior year he put on some bad weight, and he just didn't look like the same guy we saw as a junior. And consistency has been a problem for Marcus Rippling. So maybe, you know, maybe Todd Bates, maybe Miguel Chavis, they're, they're finding a way to connect with him and bringing that out of him with, you know, what, what Brent's saying and the things we're hearing. But, I, you know, it is um, – it, to me, it'll be very interesting to see how this summer, like, you know how they, you talk about, oh, how do guys deal with failure? Stripling's a guy that I think has had more trouble with success. Like, when it started to go good, you know, like, he kind of would get comfortable and kind of do things he shouldn't be doing. And, and I don't mean, like, any bad way. He just maybe got a little lazy. Maybe didn't put in the work in like he was doing. If he can continue to push this summer under Jerry Schmidt, then maybe you really could start talking. I mean, Eddie, you're asking about you know, what kind of player could it be? His talent is high all Big 12, maybe even pushing beyond that. I mean, he he has that kind of ability 
But if you're not doing it snap in and snap out, it just doesn't matter. Uh, and I think, you know, one of the things that we were looking at after last year, and by the way, uh, with all the stuff, it, and I just kind of wondered, like, you know, we saw it in the bowl game, you saw Stripling, like, we kind of is we kind of have to be critical of last the last defensive staff for not being willing to play guys more. Like they always talk about rotation, rotation, rotation. Yet they made Isaiah Thomas move inside when now Jordan Kelly's tearing it up. Apparently, uh, I don't know what ever happened to Joshua Ellison. Like I thought he was going to be pretty good. He just disappeared. Ron Stokes just disappeared. I mean, I'm not trying to rip on Calvin, but... Well, it's not oh, like they no, gave him I... chances and then they went with who they trust. And they knew they could trust Isaiah. And I think it spoke more to what Reggie and Ethan were doing. It's like, okay, we can have those guys out here on the field and feel okay about what, what we're doing. And we'll just have to move Isaiah inside. Even though he might be better on the edge, as a collective whole, we'll be better if he's inside and Reggie or or Ethan come in. Off I know, but but you didn't have Perrion or Isaiah in the bowl game, and they were still pretty good against the run. The The problem for me was there wasn't a lot of look to the future. Like, the Isaiah Thomas thing worked so phenomenally against Texas that everybody was like, well, okay, we've got that curveball. We should throw that. And you're like, no, I think it works because it was a curveball. Like, I don't, like, they yeah. kept trying to go back to it. And it was like, no, people have seen this now. And Isaiah Thomas is well, what six, happened six is, and 265 pounds. Like, he's yeah, what happens is inside. then he started batting down passes at the line of scrimmage. And they're like, well, yeah, that, that works too. And so it's just like yep. they stayed with it and they, they, just, they just gave up on everybody else on the roster. I mean, that had to be a little defeating. And, and, and that's why I asked about Jordan Kelly, because obviously Brent mentioned them a couple weeks ago, and then Brent and Todd Bates both mentioned them yesterday. And I was like, how, like, what is it about this dude now that you're coaching him compared to who you watched on film? And, you know, Bates just kind of gave more of a g generic answer, like he's hungry, like he's been waiting for this moment, and now he's ready to take full advantage of it. Not really like intricate details of how different of a player he is, more of a mindset, more than Anything else? Um, outside of that, I think everybody's going to be really interested to see what Key Lawrence looks like as a safety. And and Billy Bowman as well. The safety position in general. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I do like what Brent said about Justin Broyles because I don't know if you guys remember this. Uh, we were talking with Isaiah during the show that we did last year, and he said sometimes, he doesn't mean it, but sometimes... Justin Broyles comes off as, you know, pointing fingers. I think he said the same thing about Key Lawrence, maybe. Um, and he was saying they're not trying to point fingers, but it comes off that way. And Venables had that thing he said about Justin Broyles, and he said, don't talk at, talk up. Was that what he said, Bob? Yeah, don't don't talk down. Don't talk, talk down, talk, talk up, up. yeah. Yeah. So, like, he's he's trying to, and that's the thing that's always, like, I know just, just playing athletics for a long, a large part of my life, like, not large, but, you know, 20 years. Um, it's like, I always know, like, you can't just demand respect. Like, you have to earn it. Like, you, you have to be a good player in order to be telling other people what to do. 
and we've said it, Justin Broyles was a better player last year, but that I, I thought that was really interesting that Brent kind of even spoke about that publicly, but, but that he kind of diagnosed that. Because I, I always thought that that was a little bit of a shake, you know, they were kind of on shaky ground there. And that's something that doesn't feel like the previous staff would have, I don't know if noticed is the right word, but like done un, done anything about, clearly. They definitely are all about the details, the, the small details. Yeah, the, the communication, like stuff like that, that, that does matter and resonate. Like maybe you don't notice it one time, but, you know, like Isaiah bringing it up, like it, clearly there's some people, if, if, if even if Isaiah is confident enough to deal with it, there's probably some younger guys that it, it troubles, that it, it's, right. a, it's a problem for. So, the, you know, the, and that's the stuff you have to be mindful of. Like, and that's, you know, that's what we keep talking about where this group is so day-to-day we're going to find, we're, you know, we're going to do things the right way. It's not, you know, overall is it fine. It's, it's today were we good enough. Well, and I think the other thing that's, Going to be interesting Saturday is Dylan Gabriel will be playing quarterback for both teams, which, as far as I know, the the quarter room, quarterback room is healthy. So that's, I mean, that's just a reminder, like, they don't have any depth at quarterback. If something happens to Dylan Gabriel. And I'll say this, I mean, we were talking, I think, Eddie, we were talking at the, before the, while we were waiting on, on Dylan to come in yesterday, just about Spencer Rattler and uh, the article that, that was on ESPN uh, and I'd made mention of like, yeah, if I was ESPN, I just would have left that part out about he was ESPN's number one dual threat quarterback coming out of high school. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, But like, you are going to see more athleticism from, from Dylan Gabriel at the quarterback position. It's not going to be Kyler Murray, but he is a guy that can get out and move a little bit. He's, he's more like a Baker. I would say. Yeah. I'm excited to see Dylan move around. Like I, you you see highlights and all that kind of stuff. I and I, I mean overall, I'm excited to just kind of see what the offense looks like. I know that Bob, you mentioned it uh, maybe this morning, just as far as wide receiver position. Like who are it feels like they have four guys with Theo and Jalil Farouk and then Drake and Marvin Mims, obviously. But who are some of those other guys that are going to step up and be players for this team? Is it going to be a Jaden Gibson as a freshman? Is it going to be? Uh, a Cody Jackson, who I feel like a lot of people have kind of forgotten yeah, about. Yeah. What's the white, what's the tight end thing going to look like outside of Braden Willis? How much can Daniel Parker add to the offense? By the way, really, obviously just seeing some of those guys uh, on the offensive line, which, you know, obviously needs to take a step up after last year. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see a one game Morris finally out yeah. there playing, you know, I'm and just like the, the tempo thing, even like I, I truly don't know what to expect. I, I I think out of the spring, that's been one of the things that's kind of made my heart smile a little bit is the love that Braden Willis has been getting from everybody. Just because it was absolutely the right decision for him to come back for another year. He's too good. Like, I think he has a great season in him. Gotta, gotta stay healthy. Yeah. he He's too physically talented to not have... D- I guess not to put up more stats than he's put up. Like his physical gifts are are pretty special. Ridiculous. Yeah. By the way, I think you'll be then, able to pick up a, a pot on the Prairie T-shirt at the game Saturday. I think uh, 
Nice. Jeremiah and Braden are going to have people out there selling them. Nice. Is physicality and like tackling and things like that, is that stuff like I never know how much we're actually going to learn from a spring game. Is that something right. just from a discipline standpoint, you'll be able to go, yep. And not necessarily that everything is fixed, but will you will you be able to say this looks different? Were there any years during the Lincoln era where they just thudded up and didn't tackle all the way to the ground? Do you remember that, Bob? I'm trying to think. Have they always tackled to the ground? I'm sure there's like a running back or two that probably they didn't bring bring down. Yeah, but I mean, then, yeah, that scary sit that situation where Pat Fields you thought hurt Trey Sermon. Oh, that was an ugly looking. <laughs> I mean, so. I was for sure he blew out his knee. But no, I. Here's the other thing from the spring. This is the last real big point I wanted to hit on, and we could talk some recruiting. Um, here's where I think has been the biggest win of the spring so far is that with all the drama between his father and his trainer, that it appears that Marvin Mims is prospering this spring at Oklahoma, where it's 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 it will always remain a concern, the portal, but you really felt like if things didn't go well for him, that portal option was something that you were going to have to worry about with Mims. And from you know, from all accounts, his relationship with Dylan Gabriel, uh, you know, the 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 production he's showing in practice, it sounds like okay, Marvin Mims is finally happy at Oklahoma. I mean, I. Is it like too dramatic to just say Marvin Mims and I, I say seems because I don't know this for a fact, but is just happy just in period. general? Yeah, yeah, period. But his dad, I mean, his dad, going to be the happy. Limited time that we've <laughs> seen him out on the practice field, like you always see him and Dylan Gabriel joking around, high five, hugging, each other, hugging. Yeah. No, it seems like they are two peas in a pod on the practice field. You know, it is kind of interesting when talking about Dylan Gabriel and just kind of how he's, I guess, implemented himself into the program and kind of, I guess, ingratiated himself with his teammates. He's very comfortable talking about it, mm -hmm. which I yep. don't think is often like it, it's not the easiest thing to talk about, to talk about yourself in a way of being a leader. But it seems like like I never really felt like Spencer was comfortable talking about it like that with Dylan Gabriel. It seems like I'm supposed to be that guy. Like I get it. I understand why everybody looks to me in for answers, I guess that that's one thing that has stuck out with me in the two times that we've been able to talk to him. It's not, it feels it's like not, he's very comfortable and it's not all about him. And I think that was kind of the vibe that you got, not just with Spencer, but even with Caleb. I mean, Caleb knew how to play the game, uh, sure. but you also knew that he knew he was the star of the show. Sure. And now, again, it's like it it kind of goes with everything that we've talked about this spring with all the newness. None of that shit's going to matter if you go up to Lincoln and throw the throw three turnovers in the second or third week of the year. Like, it's just not. 
It's not going to matter what you say. But think about how striking that was going from Baker to Kyler to Jalen to Spencer, just as an interviewee. Like, Baker wore his heart on his sleeve. Everything was a slight against him. But you felt like he would die for his teammates. Literally die for them. Kyler was a guy that just wanted to wanted to be great. He wanted the team to be great. He wanted the offense to be great. He wanted to be great. Like it you knew that because of everything he's been through as high profile he was, he had had all this praise showered on him and it didn't really affect his ego. Like it was already built before he got here. But he also knew like I want to I want this offense to be awesome. I want to play really well because I want to be the first pick in the draft. And he was. And then Jalen He's just a, I mean, he's like the military came in and took over the quarterback position where it was, he would never give you a hint that it was about him. It was all about, well, Eddie knows this well, uh, the next play. It was all about keeping going, the main, keeping thing, the the main, main thing, thing, the main thing, going one and oh that, that week was their only goal. Like sure. he had all the coaches cliches, but you knew that it wasn't all about him. And then when Spencer came in, it was like, I'm the quarterback at Oklahoma, goddammit. Like, show me some respect. Well, you haven't done anything yet, kid. And by the way, it's probably it's probably South Carolina is the perfect place for him. It really is. I did not watch Saturday for what I, I don't know that. how he looked. Or he what was like threw for like 80 yards, like seven of nine or something like that, eight of ten. So they didn't. He didn't really, you know, throw the ball down the field that much. I bet he didn't throw to his right. <laughs> I, 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 I like. I want to root for Spencer Rattler, but his comments where it was just yeah, like, "Oh, it's everybody like else's to, fault." Stop. Was stop. Toxic and stop. all that. Yeah. Stop. stop. Like it, it's not. That got some of this is on last you. Week. I completely forgot about the uh, salacious. Chris Lowe story that came out. <laughs> I mean, he. I mean, he lost his job goal. though. He's gonna be bitter. I mean, I. I totally get it. Like, I don't. I don't think OU fans should be offended. If anything, just blame Lincoln Riley. That's how you get over it. And, and like I said, to a point, that's fine. But just to not be like, and there was things I could have done to be better, yeah. and things that you know, like I mean, just acknowledge something. But it, it's it's the same story with Spencer. Like it's everybody else. Everybody else did me wrong. I, I mean, yeah, the story whether, was not like, what, even if he's right, that comes off bad every the, time. The story was not uh, the student section started cheering for Caleb because he was a turd on campus. Like that's. That's the story that we all know. I mean, the story was made out like, oh, the fan base turned on him. No, the students turned on him. And then the fans, the fans that wanted every reason to, you know, see him play like a Heisman Trophy candidate, they didn't get it. And they had another guy that was highly recruited behind him. Like, that's just the fan's job is to call for the backup quarterback when the starter isn't playing well. And I'm sorry, that West Virginia game was a nail-biter because of Spencer Rattler and Spencer Rattler only. West Virginia didn't have that snap. Yeah. 
But one, one thing I did want to hit before recruiting, uh, yeah. I always say like the next round, the portal season is coming up. And Brent said flat out, exit interviews will start with him Monday. So if there are people that are disgruntled or don't fit, these next couple of weeks, I think you're going to start seeing some movement again. Yeah, I mean, at a place like Oklahoma, though, with with it's, I would imagine it's going to be people that are nowhere near their in their plans that just feel like I don't think it's going to be like really key players. I could be wrong. I mean, I just over I just, under four. I just feel like the buy in has been so strong good number, from the players right? that we've talked about. It's a good number. Yeah, I'd say maybe like two or three. And there might be a, like there might be one or two that you go, hmm, that's interesting. But younger players within the program right. that just like you you gave it a try, and at the end of it, you say it's just that that's not for me. How about uh, how about over under on offensive line? Is it two? Just the fact that they mm-hmm. have to deal with Schmitty now. They got through through Schmitty in the summer first. Yeah, <laughs> then he might go in. I mean. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that have been on that roster for a long time that haven't sniffed the field. Sure. Like, there's some guys, when you look at the roster, I'm like, wow, he's still on the team. Never seen him play. Did that with Aaron, with Aaron Parks the other week. Yep. Like Marcus Alexander. Tank, yeah. Tank's still there. You know, we talk about some of the guys on the offensive line that, you know, obviously we want to see whether it be a Savion Bird or a Wanye Morris or, uh, you know, whoever. I, it is interesting to see who some of those guys are that are developing kind of behind when you think of that quote-unquote starting five because, uh, you know, I, I think anybody that has followed this thing before, you're going to need to have some depth and you're going to need the guys to come in and be able to play. Well... I mean, all, and that's the thing. That's the thing that's hard. It's like, it's going to be hard to tell much about. I mean, hopefully you learn something about Javante Barnes, but you just don't know. I mean, you don't know how physical it's going to be, how well the offensive line blocks, what offensive line he's running behind. That's the other thing when you're splitting teams like that. Might be difficult for anybody to run. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not the best. It's hard to say how that's going to play out. Yeah. But. It's going to be great seeing Baker Mayfield. It's going to be great watching Dylan Gabriel. Um, It's going to be fun watching the safeties and what they look like. So, I mean, there's plenty of reasons to go. And just go get your tickets online, 15 bucks. I'm still sticking to kind of what I said. I I haven't heard anything negative. I haven't heard anything positive. I think you're looking at about 60,000 people. And I'm sticking by my weather. It's not going to storm until later in the night. Sticking by it. I hope so. I I hope the weather's nice. I mean, it's going to be windy. It's always windy this time of the year in Oklahoma. You kind of expect that. But I just don't understand, like, the idea of why, if you're an OU fan and you have, you know, obviously nothing to do, I, you know, your fault if you're playing at a birthday party or something on Saturday. Uh, But, you know, Go. Go to the game. Can't get an abortion here anyways. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, man. 
I've been reading through this Lincoln Riley thing, and I hate to harp on it. I have not yet. I don't this want to. This motherfucker, listen. <laughs> why? I read I, it. I, I don't understand how this comes out five months later. I just, the timing of it seems super, super weird to me. And it's PR not hit, long. Man. It's not long. It doesn't say a whole lot. He still doesn't accept, like, responsibility. You still don't explain why you flew to Los Angeles, Lincoln. In the in the Baylor week? And and uh, he's bi- still saying bi- week for Baylor. He's still saying that he thought he said he thought he was going to finish career, his career at Oklahoma, and then USC called. I, how certain were you of that? <laughs> if all you needed was a phone call, like yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to finish with SoonerScoop.com. Oh, hang on, guys. Like I'm I'm literally getting a phone call from anyone else. I'll be right back. I thought I was going to stay married until my penis went into another woman. Yes. My my wife somehow objected to that. So, <laughs> I, and then he he does he says something like, "There were things I wish I could have done differently." I I I accept that or I acknowledge that. He doesn't say what any of them are. Just like, any oh yeah, I, I I probably could have done it better. I did see it wasn't that long, and that was a little like. What, why What's even the put purpose? Yeah, in? I mean, yeah. well, if, well, the Players Tribune it, really has no—I don't think—editorial oversight anymore. Uh, but I mean, it's basically a shell of what it used to be. I think Derek Jeter started it, didn't he? And then he just—it's like I got—I yeah. got teams to own. I'm sorry, I'm is, get me out of here. Truly, is he—is he this much of a control freak that the Rattler thing drops and this is his response? Ooh. I bet that is exactly what it is. I mean, his whole PR image has just taken a massive hit and just trying to build it back up again. It is kind of interesting. It is kind of interesting that the Rattler thing comes out and then all of a sudden this is out there the next week. You're right, Eddie. You're you're exactly right. And he he doesn't say anything he hasn't pretty much already said. He wants to control everything. Yep. That's crazy. I truly mean this. I am fearful for Caitlin and the children. We need to get them out of Los Angeles. <laughs> but I'm just seeing yours, Eddie. That That's awesome. By the way, did you see the interview with Caleb Williams where he was like, well, finally, I can just go out and be me, like, and no one knows who I am. It's like, I can go to dinner and nobody's bothering me. It's like, that came off so bad. Like, OU fans are just too passionate for me. It just, it is weird. And you know what? I think for the most part, just the initial reaction from Oklahoma fans, the Facebook OU fans going to have a different reaction. I'm sure that the new, the news of this article will get to them in two weeks. We're going to have to wait, but I think everybody's just kind of like kind of over it, man. I mean, they are, but I mean, uh, I'm staring at two people that are just now sitting there basically saying the same stuff, which is, I got to come out here, make a lot of money where nobody really cares. And I don't have to, I don't have to have the pressure that I had there. Like, is man, you're never going to win shit, guys. I hope they don't. Man. Yeah. <sighs> I, I don't know. It's weird. I, there's there's some part of me that thinks 
them being good would just really invigorate the OU fan base. Like, we will do whatever to face USC in a playoff game. Like, whatever needs to happen, whatever money we need to donate, we're going to do it. Josh, I need them to lose their opener, all right? Because I need to sell a whole lot more Rush 3 Drop 8 t-shirts. Now, you know who the opener is, right? It's somebody shitty, obviously. It's Rice. Yeah. I, I'm i not holding my breath. I want to see now. Rice come out in the umbrella defense, and I want to see <laughs> Caleb Williams shit the bed. All right? We need to get some portal guys to Rice here in the next Rice? Month. Someone, co- if you know someone on the Rice football team, tell them to watch the second half of the OSU game in every Iowa State game that's ever been played. Might and, be able to do one better. We need the right, we need to get the Rice band. What is it? Uh, a Manchurian candidate, isn't that what that thing's called? We could get somebody to mind control. We right. need a tuba yes. player. That's what it is. And this would be it's as a great a movie, It'd by be the way. Funny. We need a tuba player from Rice to shoot Lincoln Riley. <laughs> oh my God! Would <laughs> you stop, stop with the murder? As a joke, maybe yes. like a BB gun. Shoot or like him as a, a joke. Gun. It'd be as a joke, and everybody would think it's funny. It'd be. It, Hollywood then why go through it. all the trouble of creating a Manchurian candidate if he's just going to lightly graze his skin with a BB pellet? It's Hollywood. Now, we'll add a little special effect. <laughs> Carrie, I don't think you're going to get your 0-1 wish, but looking at USC's schedule, it's entirely possible they could start 1-3. and three. They, they go on the road to Stanford, Stanford. I just want I just want a Kansas-like performance. From them against they, Well, they host Fresno. And they were really three. good last year, weren't they? Uh, yeah. Did they get that and, the quarterback back? And ha- yeah, Hayner, Hayner started to leave and then came back. And then in week four, they go to Corvallis. That's that's not e- – I mean, they, they're playing decent ball at Oregon State now, and that's a tough place to go win. Yeah. So they could start one and two, realistically? One and three. One, one, and, three. one and three is Holy completely shit. possible. Those now then they got game after Rice. Do they play UCLA mm-hmm. at the end of the year? Does this give me all year to sell T-shirts to those guys? Should that's I mean, usually almost, the final game. Yeah, yeah. they've got November nineteenth, uh, UCLA, and then November twenty sixth. Carry we we could go to a whole new fan base. Notre Dame travels to Ooh, Los Angeles. Get the green yeah. and gold. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Green gold green. version. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Can you imagine like? Unofficial, God, greater fo- than Lincoln Riley. Just unofficial just forty on a shirt. You know, <laughs> logos on the back of every shirt, like be awesome. Uh, well, it just so happens I'm not only am I Catholic, but I'm also a proud donor to the UCLA athletic program. You are, yeah. Once again, so I will talk to my alumni, and I will talk to my Catholic brother, brothers. I, Bob can I help think me they, as well. Brethren, due to yes, our length. Due to our, our lengthy next, time with Columbus rivals, week. we know like every Notre Dame reporter ever because at yeah. one point or another they've pretty much all worked for rivals. Pete Sampson and, now you know, works for the Athletic. Uh, yep, get get Pete Sampson a cut, and you know we'll we'll get Pete in. Be the new uh, criminals versus Catholics, yeah. What I like is even like obviously we're we're gonna bag on Lincoln Sam Khan a really middle of the like yes. Sam's a good dude straight, he's bagging on Lincoln because Lincoln didn't like 
he, he was like, this would be more compelling if Lincoln actually opened up rather than staying buttoned up. Like, he didn't say anything. There's nothing in there. I, I don't even know why he felt compelled to put nothing like that out there. I've talked to multiple, let's say national people here just within the last, you know, 30 minutes since this thing dropped. And I think everybody's big takeaway is, is like, five months later, why? Kind of like us. It's just like, why, why now? It just, it seems weird. And I like, I, the guy truly might be a sociopath. I I hate to put it that way, but like, seriously, the, after the Rattler thing, I could see that bugging him so much that I would like, I would love to know when this, when he heard about that story, like when he read it or just how long has this been in motion? Is there a possibility he's realizing that outside of Southern California, and even that's somewhat muted compared to what he's used to, no one gives a shit about USC football, and he's got to do something to keep them a relevant topic. Now that now that everybody's gotten used to Lincoln Riley as the head coach at, at USC, like something along, like some sort of promotional thing, like, oh, this will get me back out there in front of everybody. Because there's no way he thought this was going to go – like well, like, how do you oh, say? Yeah, I remember the this. words that Mike Stoops said to me after we won our first conference championship, and then says, "I'm just going to keep that private." Why did you even mention that? <laughs> what a tease! I mean, my well, God. As someone who likes to tease things like that on the board, I mean, at least eventually I deliver, you know. But I, I don't think maybe Lincoln's already planning a sequel, his next Players Tribune story. So remember, I told you about Mike Stoops. It's this is just a way for him to remind people that he coached Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. That's like, God. Well, half the story is one sentence. Like I remember when we got fought back in Waco. I remember when. That's what the we, whole like, thing I, is. Yeah. Chris cool, Farley, man. remember when? You remember when you yeah. did that? <laughs> nice. That was awesome. Absolutely true. That, that, that was awesome. Oh. This is so weird. I fucking hate this guy. I, hey, early in the podcast, did I not call him a troll? Yeah, and I just called him a liar. It's true. It's, it's true. <sighs> I didn't use LSU as misdirection. And isn't that, I mean, I would love to, like, I want to talk to players now. I want to go down there and talk to players. I mean, they have to see through this stuff. Now I wish I hadn't told people all that crap that was not the the affair stuff, but the thing about where DeMarco slapped him around and told him to quit crying before he went into the team meeting. All that bullshit that was floating around. <laughs> I mean, I think we all believe the stuff about him and Bob to be true, about Bob telling him to get his ass in there and talk mm-hmm. to him. I could see Lincoln just bolting and not saying a word. Yeah, hundred percent. He just does not like difficult things. People. Yeah. People. He doesn't like do. you telling him to run the ball more, and he'll block you on Twitter. He did started doing that from the very moment he took over as offensive yeah. coordinator. Well, it's kind of one of those things too that, like, I think anybody goes through this when you need to have a conversation with somebody or when you need to talk to somebody about something that's tough. At least me personally, I put it off, put it off, put it off until like the worst time. And obviously at the end of the season, after losing the Bedlam game in the manner that they did, as much as you want to believe that like Lincoln was going out there to lose games on purpose, I 
I probably can't go there, but it was probably a tough conversation that he was willing to just say, Fuck it, I'm not going to say anything and kind of leave in the dead of night. And, you know, obviously that's not how it should have been handled. You know, what's interesting is that game is being broadcast. And man, this is going to be a long pot if we go into this. Uh, you know, OU's game is not being broadcast over the air. And I don't have the exact reason why I didn't ask Joe about it, but I have to think that it has to deal with the fact that their Fox deal fell apart because they no longer have the regional networks. Uh, and they Bally probably wasn't gonna wasn't willing to pay them to broadcast it. Um and so they just said, Well, we'll put it online and do our own thing and make whatever we can there. Uh but ESPN's going to be broadcasting that USC game. And like you said, they wrote the story about Spencer Rattler. How much are they going to talk about that during the broadcast just trying to pimp their own stuff? You know Lincoln will hate that. But if they're doing their jobs, they're going to talk about it. I guess not. It will be interesting to see how that is. I guess presented, and I'm sure that that's the best way to say that's it. the other part of him putting this out is he knows his game's yeah, getting ready to be broadcasted on national television. Oh, you're talking about from like the ESPN side of things, right? The broadcast, yeah. yeah. I I don't I know who's doing that, that game. Probably not brought up or discussed. It's going to be more about looking towards the future because ESPN probably doesn't want to step on any toes out there. I don't know. They probably are already getting over as far as access leading up to this week. Oh, I think he's gone out of his way to make access more really accessible just to Hey, and you know what? Off all like, the good, things that were being him. said I'm about happy him. For Ryan and those guys out there because nobody deserves the way that things were handled here or the way that things operated here. No. That's it's truly psychotic. So, um and you just can't, you're not going to be able to survive if that's how you're going to handle things. It just, it, it's not sustainable in a way. No. Well, made me crack, that's for sure. I do know that OU fans are mad that they're not going to be able to watch it. Like, I, I get it. If you can't make it to town and you wanted to watch the game, if you live out of state, uh, I think you, you can know, watch Sooner it on Sooner TV, Sports TV. The best yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the ballet thing. Who knows if it's even going to air? It, that whole thing is just complete disaster. it'll air when it says it's supposed to i mean yeah like good luck if you're setting a dvr good luck. if you want to watch a shitty pro-am tennis tournament uh just set your dvr for when it says the ou game's gonna play because that's what you'll probably get all right um bob's in <laughs> you know it <laughs> bob only likes the bigs come on this is true i like him too um okay so it is the reason that Brent has been working so hard to pack the palace is because this is a big recruiting weekend. Uh, so, Josh, let's start. I mean, where do you want to start? Bob, do you want to hit up? I'd be like, you guys take this thing over, and let's just talk about the recruiting aspect of this weekend. Josh, I'll start with this. Is it weird that it's almost all unofficial visits, and how good of a sign is that? I, I think it's a great sign that Oklahoma's not having to kind of use that bullet to get some of the guys on campus as they've had to do in years past. And a lot of times we would see those guys come in for officials and you'd hear, oh, yeah, OU's taking the lead or maybe they're going to you know, win this guy in the end. And then 
five, six months pass, these guys are still taking official visits and that the luster's kind of come off. And so I, I think that is, I think it's huge for OU because they, it, it's, it goes back to what they did at Clemson where they really wanted to have a kid indicate you're interested in us. Show us first and then we'll, we'll have the conversation. We'll go forward from there. And that seems to be what they're doing here is, you know, a guy like, uh, Jaquez Petaway, the, the receiver from Langham Creek in Houston that's finally going to come up, uh, that really impressed everybody at the rivals camp a couple weeks ago. I know even Eddie really liked the video that we got out of that. So, I mean, they're all so smooth. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is, you know, one of those guys that, you know, I know people have kind of been upset that Jalen Hale and OU seem to be kind of headed in different directions. He's one of those guys that can take some of the sting out of that. He, he really is an explosive receiver, and selfishly, I'm glad there's a Houston area guy to cover. That's changed so much this year where I don't have as much in Houston to do uh, that I'm used to. So it's awesome to have a guy there that, you know, that kind of maintains their presence in the city. But, yeah, you know, I I think it is. It's really good news. And, again, you're looking at it, guys. I mean, there are – I've got currently 13 confirmed uh, either offers or commitments that will be in. I bet you it pushes closer to 20 by the time we get to to Saturday. And I know people say, oh, that doesn't seem great. got to remember, Texas is having theirs as well. So, like, there is a there's a battle for each and every guy of who's going to show up and who's not. Um, one of the more interesting ones that came up is Harris Sewell, um, who I am actually supposed to speak to someone – about the time the pod ends, um, about whether he is actually going to make it. But I know as things stand, that is the plan, is for him to be on campus. So that's a big one for Oklahoma to get him back on campus, have him around. He's made several trips, has a good relationship with Bill Biedenboe. But that, you know, Oklahoma needs to hit in this offensive line class, and he would be a big answer if they could kind of surprise some people and beat out Texas A&M for him. I think we've sort of gone away from the commitment weekend, like there's going to be four or five. And so I, I don't even know if we'll, there'll be one or two, but may, may just throw out a name or two. That is that's massive. That's huge. That this guy is going to Norman instead of Austin or any other place this weekend. I, I think the most obvious one is Anthony Hill. Uh, if, if what we are told is correct and he's told A&M reporters, he told Texas reporters, that he will be in Norman this weekend. So Anthony and I are supposed to connect today or tomorrow, and I'll you know kind of have a final answer. I I hate to ask guys on Monday, especially in situations right. like this where yep. <clears throat> things tend to change. So I really tried to backlog it into the week a little bit. So we'll have some more confirmations coming. But I, if OU gets him on campus, I think that's just a massive win. It's a sign of his clear interest. He'll spend a day... You know, Jackson Arnold's going to be there. Um, you know, there are some guys he knows from the Denton area, from the Dallas area, and they're all going to be there. And that's that's just big for OU to get those guys on campus. Um, you know, if I was going to pick maybe one other one, aside from Petaway, that I, I that I do think is huge, maybe, maybe the reality of a group with the offensive line, and I've talked about this a bit before, with Peyton Kirkland, Josh Bates, and Caden Green all being on campus. I think if if Bill Biedenboe could pick out three offensive linemen to have in his class, that would be a very short list. That that would be right near the top if he could get those three. 
Caden Green, I think OU's a heavy leader for. Obviously already has a commitment from Josh Bates. Um, although Miami is trying really hard to get in that race. We'll see if anything can come of that. I, I think, I don't know. I, I just, I struggle to believe Josh would come this often to Oklahoma and have the relationships he does if he wasn't pretty set in what he's doing. And then with Peyton Kirkland, everybody sees this as kind of Florida Miami. I think Oklahoma has a puncher's chance here. Uh, it's going to take some chips falling in the right direction, but this is a guy that, you know, people say, Oh, four star, he'll climb in the next rivals rankings. This is going to be a guy that's, I think is probably pushing close to the 100, uh, really big bodied guy, good athlete. There's a lot to, I mean, you, with him and Caden Green, you'd have your book in tackles in this class. You, you'd be set and then you can just kind of build from there. So like I said, it's not going to be easy. I, I'm not picking OU for him right now. But with him coming in this weekend, like you said, Bob, on his own dime, for him to then come back again on June 3rd, which is the current expectation, that's huge. I mean, like you get a couple big weekends like that, maybe you could surprise some people. What if there is a commitment? Could Dylan Edwards be that guy if he shows up? Or is is there someone else that feels like that's on the radar? This is something that might just go down. Edwards is the one you have to look at. He He's just the one that makes the most sense. He's been down a bunch of times. He took a couple of, you know, he went some other places, saw some other things. And I know Kansas State has made things interesting. Um, I, 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 I'm not certain he's going to commit. I, I don't want to make it sound like that at all. Um, but it's, it's possible. The only other guy I would watch is David Stone. I, D- David Stone is huge on Oklahoma. The only thing, the only reason I think right now that David isn't committed to Oklahoma is the no visit rule. And I think David still, and I don't even know if it's David. I get the impression maybe his family wants him to take his time and be a little more patient and those kind of things. And so, and that's fine. You know, like I, I understand that completely. It is just, I, I think they want to make sure that, that he can follow the guidelines that if he's going to commit, he's in. And I think David hasn't seen enough yet. And there's still some places his family would like him to look and take some trips and kind of see what's out there. So those are the two that, that stick out to me of the current list. Now, you know, who knows? Maybe things get crazy, but this is kind of what we talk about with OU at the same time when they're telling you, Hey, you know, wait until you know, this is the place by that. They don't push hard. They're not, there's no, Hey, we're trying to close this guy this weekend. There's not that conversation, really. That's not really how it goes. So I, I think you'll have to. I, I think OU fans are just going to have to get used to being a little more patient because I don't think you're going to have big commitment weekends in the spring like we used to see. I think it's going to be during the season. I, I think that's when you're going to get three or four guys at a time because they've had time to do what they needed to do and they know OU's right for them. It will be interesting to see what kind of effect uh, the alumni that, and it sounds like it's going to be kind of a who's who of returning former players. See how much, I guess, a part they play in the weekend with all of the recruits and like how much that mixes and matches. Because I think that, you know, that that is one appeal that, uh, you know, having so many former players around, having the sole mission thing, that will be a big sell, I'm sure. Uh, 
just like how much that plays into an overall experience, I guess, throughout the weekend. Oh, absolutely. I mean, guys, from from the champion thing last year that everybody was like, oh, my gosh, with all the cars and all the, the craziness that that became, the thing that resonated with a lot of parents and even a lot of players was the the time they got to sit down with Teddy Lehman and some of the other guys, you know, Sam, all those other guys that were there and talk with those guys a little bit. I think in a lot of ways that was the more meaningful uh, aspect for the players. I mean, don't get me wrong. They love being able to take the pictures and doing all that, but that's not Brent. That's not who Brent's going to be. But the ability to connect um, with these guys and talk to them about, you know, what's like – because, sure, the guys on campus can tell you what it's like as a player now under Brent and, you know, working with Coach Schmidt and all these things. Lane Johnson can tell you what the the network's like after you leave. And, uh, sure, Lane Johnson's a, a highlight story. Like, they believed in me. They kept moving me around till we find the right spot. And, you know, now I'm, uh, you know, a millionaire – a hundred times over, whatever. But there's also guys like Geno Lewis is coming in, guy that came in as a transfer. He's seen other things. He knows what other programs are like, and he's going to come in this weekend and hang out at OU. Like, uh, you know, Tony Jefferson coming back. I mean, like stuff like that where guys that aren't just like, oh, the perfect story at OU. These mm-hmm. are guys that had their ups and downs both while they were there and since they've been gone. You know, I mean, there's been some – some stuff that didn't go perfectly and they're still willing to come back and talk about OU. And I, th- I think that could be really interesting for some of these kids. Love me some, some, some T Jeff, some Tony Jefferson. It's going to be so cool. Seeing be, some if, of the guys if, that just haven't been a part of the program. Could are all, could all three be there Saturday? I haven't heard of Kenny or Brennan have, have said, said anything. Uh, I haven't seen anything from Kenny. I know Kenny wanted to, like uh, he'd been trying to, you know, and Josh Norman helped him get in touch with everything, but I, I didn't know if he confirmed if he was coming. Yeah, I think he's, I think, I, I wouldn't say like he hasn't come out and said I'm coming to Norman on this date or anything, but he said that he was going to be there. So unless something, something different has happened. And to That'd steer away from the spring weekend or game weekend, Josh, Pretty impressed with all the guys that Brent and staff were able to get through for all the practices, including all the football, the football hotbed guys from yesterday, Jojo Trader, Jeremiah Smith, and people like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't be. Those are guys that never visited OU in years past. Like they, they weren't coming to campus. And, you know, I know I, I've talked before about, you know, concerns over whether this staff would be a little antiquated and how it looked at certain things to bring the football hotbed guys in. I, th- that tells me like, we're, we're going to make the contacts we need to make. We're, we're going to glad hand with the people we have to, and we're going to do things to get the right guys on campus. And, you know, Jeremiah Smith's a big time dude out of South Florida, uh, Jojo trader and another just high end athlete. You're getting those guys on campus uh, again, where you're not footing the bill. That's, that's big. That's how you set up that official visit down the road from a guy that's not, you know, even in your time zone. That, that's the kind of groundwork you have to lay. So I, I think it's outstanding. I, you know, you, you've seen, um, like the Lafayette Co- Callaway, I think is how you say his name. I haven't gotten that. He told me once and I've since forgotten. Um, but I mean, having him on campus and OU offers him and, 
I mean, they, they've really done a good job of both mixing the elite guys that they knew they already wanted as well as getting guys on campus that they kind of needed to make a run at where, you know, like I, I talked about it in woke this morning, there was some feeling that Lafayette was pretty much down to Texas and North Carolina. And now that he took that OU trip, it's like, Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe this rewrites things a little bit. So they are, you know, they are using a lot of their advantages and, you know, uh, like with, with, in his case, uh, his, <laughs> he's got an interesting connection to Oklahoma. Uh, Lafayette's high school head coach was on the staff at Arlington High when Joe John Finley was a player. So there is a lot of Arlington ISD intersection there that, um, that, that I think is going to help Oklahoma. So like I said, I, I like what they've done. They're really, they're not, bringing everybody in it's not like insanity where 75 got like they're bringing the right guys in and making sure they can spend the time with those guys to really you know make them feel at home i think we're all just sitting here reading responses to lincoln Riley's thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, well i was just gonna say like and i i think you've kind of answered this josh but you know, when you're talking about tempering expectations and what is and what isn't a successful weekend, it just it is it kind of hard to put into perspective like what to expect because I don't think that anybody necessarily expects you to walk out of this weekend with five six commitments. It's just and and Brent was asked about this yesterday, just kind of as far as how I don't want to say slow things have gone in 2023, but. I, I guess in comparison to what I think OU fans were kind of conditioned to over the last couple of years, it is kind of slow. But maybe it's oh. slow nationally. It's it's slow for a lot of people. Well, guys, and you know, we all know that a lot of this model that Oklahoma is recruiting to and recruiting, you know, using their concept from is stuff that Clemson did. Clemson has fewer commitments at this point than Oklahoma does. And, you know, has obviously a lot of staff to turn over, but there's still Dabo Swinney and all the success they've had. I mean, they, they've got three commitments currently, and that's with two in the last week. So it's that's just not when you're going to use this thing and be very sincere. You know, a lot of people say, oh, we don't want you to visit after you commit. No, it's it's not like that. At Clemson, Oklahoma, this is the method. This is the way, like, we don't want you to commit if you're going to take other visits, like we're not mad about it, go take the other visits. That's fine. There's, there's no hostility about it, but they don't want you to do it. And so when you do that and these kids take that to heart, well, what do they have left to do? They've got to go take their other visits. And sometimes, you know, a lot of these kids they're recruiting, they can't go take every unofficial visit. It's not like, you know, like when we see the quarterbacks every year commit early, they usually are the guys that are going to all the elite camps, whether it's Elite 11 or, you know, seven on seven all over the country. They're doing all this stuff anyway. So quarterbacks just kind of go earlier. A lot of these other positions, man, they've got to wait until they can take their officials and you can get into all of that. So there just has to be some patience here because it's, it's just not going to happen. Now, next year, when OU has, you know, shown whatever they're going to be on the field and there's a little more proof of concept, then I, I think you'll see it maybe get back to a little more advanced. Maybe instead of four commitments right now, they'd have six or seven or something like that. But not only is Oklahoma having to deal with this new methodology, 
they're also having to deal with a lot of kids don't know what they're going to look like next year. They don't know what the offense yeah. is going to be. They don't know what the defense is going to be. So they've got to see all of that as well. And if that comes out as well as I think we all believe it will for OU, then I think next year it will it won't seem as drastic. That picture of Caden Green that was that on was, the that good. last night. That was oh good. God. He is massive. Did I can't I think it, it might have been Tattoo Baker. I can't remember who did it. But the left was he, he did the left picture headed to USC, right picture headed to Norman. And I was like, oh, that's brutal. But like that's I mean, that's what it feels like. That that's a that's a dude that's put in some work. And and Caden, you know, like I said, great, great guy to deal with. Definitely we'll see him. You know, if not this spring, I'll see him this season. You know, he's definitely a guy I'm making a point to uh to get up and go and go check out as soon as possible. By the way, uh, well, basketball breaking news, Bob. Oscar Shebway is coming back to Kentucky. He, he's coming back, indeed. He's going to get paid how, how by somebody. Do you think he is yeah, there? I mean at Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! He might be making two my mil. boy Kofi's leaving. He announced that. I saw that. Yeah. Yep. And. OU still kind of wait, wait, waiting around. Three three spots to fill. I think probably since the last time we talked, the biggest news is that it, I, it just sounds like Mo Gibson is coming back. And if you would have said that in February or even beginning of March, basically if he gets drafted by somebody, he's coming. He he, he he'll leave. People but tell not, him yeah. you you need to go to the draft. You're gonna get picked. Then he'll go. But he's not signing with an agent. He's not looking at the portal. So I think it's going to come down to the process. Like, hey, maybe another year is going to help you. So then uh, it sounds like he'll he'll come back and then be down to three spots. Elijah Harkless goes to UNLV, reunited with the Kruger, Kevin Kruger in this in this case. AK follows David Patrick, Sacramento State. No, no surprise there. So things are starting to wrap up a little bit. I know still a little impatience for some fans because – they're not really attacking a big. They're, they haven't, you know, they're in the peripheral of some of these bigs in the uh, portal, but they're not like in a top five, top three, or at a point where they've got them for an official visit here coming up. By the way, uh, congratulations to uh, Jocelyn Allo, um, the first uh, woman uh, in OU athletics. She was the first to come out with, a licensed shirt, and now she's the first to sign a uh, auto dealership deal for NIL. Pretty cool. She'd been with those attorneys or that law firm, whatever, since it started. But yeah, she 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 deserves it. Glad to see her picking up with the NIL deals. That's really cool. Um, I'm trying to think. If there's anything burning that we needed to, was there anything else recruiting wise that you wanted to hit on Josh before we wrap things up? No, I, I, I mean, like I said, it just, I, I keep telling everyone, just be patient. Like there, there are good things happening. It's just not going to happen immediately. So just give it. That's time. just this staff's approach. Yep, they're they're just going to be patient with it. There, there's no. I mean, if this was not the plan, be concerned. This is the plan. They they knew what was going to happen. They knew how this would go. I won't talk about the office because Josh is very anxious today. 
like, let me get back from Disney and I can process <laughs> all the money I've lost at Disney. Yeah, then, I mean, Disney is so expensive. I, and it, oh it's God, probably it's more insane. expensive now, isn't it? Because they've lost so much money. They're trying to it's, win it back. Yeah. They're, they're making it back on the Christian family, basically, is what they've done here. It's, it's bad. Is we're, it we're, five we're, figures we're to go? Income. Is it over $10,000 to go? With four, four people? Yeah. That's insane. Accommodations. Now, now don't get me wrong. Insane. Now, don't get me wrong. You can out, you can do it cheaper. You can do it cheaper. Um, yes. Like Eddie, like every day has like a, a purpose. I, are we getting the Christian family? Can you not get like, like the? Uh, can you get the Jake Trotter up? discount, Bob, when you go? Yes. Wow. You actually, can because we haven't been able to use it yet. But yeah. Damn you. Um, no, it, I think I it, should be Bob, going with Bob's wife Josh, is Jake Trotter's brother, by the way. That's why he gets it. YouTube show. Like, let's not get Jake in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, let's make it clear. <laughs> You're married to his sister. Uh, but so yeah, you get uh, it's tickets to the park, but everything else, you know, food, accommodations, travel, okay. everything you, you've got to handle that. God, yeah. ESPN is kind of bastardy. Yeah, I think so. that 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 ain't saving you that much. That, that no, that's nice. Not. Don't get me wrong; it's better than nothing. But I guess it's, it's not ESPN that's bastard. It's Disney that's bastardy to ESPN workers. That is to me. I mean, like, I I'm I'm not a vacation guy. I admit it. Like, I don't have kids. I know, but ten thousand dollars on a vacation, I can't fathom that. I mean, you know what kind of record player I could get for ten thousand dollars, and it's going to be in there all the time. Dude, you have oh, some place you should just buy a new Carrie, child. You haven't been married. <laughs> you haven't lived through. Oh I've my god! I've dated a lot of awful people. With, uh, no, does that count? you haven't. You haven't watched money fly into a trash, just into the dumpster faster than in a wedding. Oh, what $5, do you think the office is for? for flowers, <laughs> oh flowers. God. It's in, dude. It's being married is just new and expensive ways to light money on fire like it's that that's that's half of the the game it is now we've unbelievable. come full circle to josh and his anxiety see i made the worst i guess i made the worst suggestion last night in the history the worst timing <laughs> suggestion because we were talking about the youtube channel and um all the crap we still have to buy by the way uh we still have to buy a lot of crap. Please go to SoonerScoopStore.com and uh, buy a hat if you haven't. Uh, we do have, this just in, the red Imperial visor has come in. Um, so I'm going to go pick those up today. Uh, and we, we're restocked on everything. So um, if it looks like it's out of stock, just wait. Um, and it'll be back in there. I'm going to, now that I've got the network finished, Wi-Fi is working. Um it's all speed ahead except for the money part that we still need more of. Um, <laughs> but Josh has gasped like four times in this podcast. Uh, but uh, no, go to SoonerScoopStore.com, uh, buy some unofficial 40 merch. That will really help us out and uh, help us build things faster. Um, and I know a lot of people are, there's a lot of rumors flying around about NIL stuff. And I can tell you that, you know, as far as what we do, we do. I mean, and we'll do more of it. And people keep asking me who's next. I haven't locked anybody up and I'll start now that the network is done. I'm going to be able to focus more on NIL. Eddie knows this. I'll start focusing more on merch and his stuff. Uh, we talked about that yesterday. So it really 
has freed me up to to start working on other things uh, because this has been about a month-long marathon to get the network up and running. It finally is overpaid for shit. Sorry, Josh, I shouldn't have said that. Um, just to get it in so we could get it working. Uh, the servers are back up. The, vo- the Our video transfer stuff is back up better than ever. Um, and we're going to start developing the YouTube channel a lot more. We've got some really big announcements coming on that uh, very soon. Uh, and the thing I was saying about YouTube is like, why don't we do a YouTube? Because like, you know, you guys know how this works. I mean, I don't know who all here is like really just goes down rabbit holes on YouTube. Any of you guys? Yes. More pre-Pearl, but yes. Like, are are you like a Mr. Beast guy? Do you watch that stuff? Do you watch like what what kind of like I don't I don't know. I hope you're not like a dude perfect guy. Magic. No, I get into I, I magic. Like like the honest trailers. Oh yeah, yeah. Like stuff like that. I oh, the, just, that's like, good. Yeah, like, crazy. But see, like some of what I'm thinking of is like content, not so much you know putting up press conferences for people to watch. I mean, that'll always be a part of it, but. I want to come up with things with Josh where like we sit down and I watch like a recruits film that I haven't watched before and we just talk about it. Or maybe Josh tries to trip me up like, is this guy a recruit? And you show me film. <laughs> Buster nut. And I and I have to determine whether or not he's a recruitable athlete or not. Um, I think that could be kind of fun. But I said, why don't we do a YouTube video where I reveal to Josh everything I've spent building up our new media empire over the last three years because i because of taxes and stuff like that i've had to add all this stuff up i know what it is and i know the world would probably love to see all the cringiness of josh reacting to how exactly how much money i've spent i'm gonna be like my advice and they're not paying taxes this year (laughs) (laughs) that's what you guys are for you pay our taxes I'm going to be like the guy in the corner, like in the scary movie when he watches like the terrible video, like the ring or something, like rocking myself in the corner just because I... I, But we'll start low. Like Like, there's a really scary number at the end that I'll show you. (laughs) Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Not ready. Not prepared. Oh. Mm. We could both have a lake house, probably. I don't want to talk... I love a lake house. I'd love to have a lake house. <laughs> Screw all our listeners. Damn it, I want a lake house. So, I don't know. We might do that when he gets back from Disney and gets gets past the sticker shock of it all. So, Do you at least enjoy it? I mean, do you, do you say after it's over, like, okay, I'm glad we did that? Or is it just all, why did we do this? How did we spend that much money? It, it definitely comes and goes. Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know I like to talk shit. Like, I am. I'm a cheesy dad. Like I like being around. Oh, my you girls definitely are. Like, yeah. like, and like I. So I, like they'll start doing something. For example, last time we went, we did the like the dinner at Cinderella's castle or whatever. And Lainey like getting to take pictures with like Cinderella and Ariel and Jasmine, and, like all the princesses. Man, like she Just couldn't stop your smiling heart. for two days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, it. What you were like? Okay, whatever. You know, like <laughs> it. Fine, but like. Then, like, a day later, I'm like, I want to throw them both out a window. I'm sick of all of this. Like, I just want to leave. Like Those ungrateful it, bastards. Yes. It, it 100% comes and goes because they're kids and their moods change. And, like, as they do, it affects your life because, as Bob can attest, like, when they're in a bad mood, 
your wife is in a bad mood, and then there's nothing good that's happening until that is remedied. Yep. And so, Bob, you haven't had a chance to take Pearl where she really recognizes, like, everybody, right? Correct. Yeah. Even SeaWorld wasn't, like, quite. There's a lot of Sesame Street, but wasn't quite at that age where I think she pieced it together. And would you say... Would you say Frozen is still her big thing? The Frozen characters? She still loves Anna, but Moana has made a real charge Ooh. in the last month. We're all about make way and you're welcome and we know the way and all that stuff. It's a superior movie. Frozen people, it's got holes. It's got huge, massive holes. <laughs> No, there are plot problems That's throughout plot that movie. No one, wants to to. <laughs> no one wants this shit. I'm not, I, but like the the best part, like Tiffany's mom watches it while she like exercises sometimes, and like we get into thirty minute debates about how stupid Frozen is at certain levels. Like it's it's awful. I I I, I never like that one. I'm so glad to be through with that in our world. All right, um, man, that was a. Long pod, but I enjoyed it. Hopefully, everybody enjoys listening to it. Uh, thanks to Dead Soxy. Um, as always, go check him out, deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Uh, and remember, stay soxy. Uh, also, soonerscoopstore.com. Go buy some hats. We need some hats, bot. All right? We need stuff. Please so, buy hats. Please. The more you buy, the less Josh has to spend. Oh. Um. Man, you are in a bad, bad place right now. I feel really bad for you. Yeah, I. Yeah, it, it, it's not good. It's not like all I see is dollar signs everywhere. <laughs> it's like the Matrix. I just I don't see one. Might be a line from dollars. one of Bad Baby songs. <laughs> oh, son of a! And there it is. We come all the way back around. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will be back again next week for another edition of the unofficial forty podcast from SoonerScoop.com.